You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Okay, we have our pre-show chats. Did I just? Did you just catch me saying cock? No, <laughs> we were talking about cocks. No, we were. We were having our pre-show chats about how you don't like mice, and I was saying a friend oh. of mine had a mouse in the house this week. And my mouse story is I was about probably about 22 years old and I was living in an apartment above a shop, actually, above a hairdresser's shop. And I was sat watching television one night and a mouse was sat on top of the television. <laughs> I didn't know, what to, didn't know what to do. I tried to go and get something to clobber it with and then it disappeared. And then I remember spending a whole week until the landlord came to actually remove it, sleeping with this kind of noise. God. Going while I was in bed, and it was kind of under my bed, under the floor, or something. It's like kind of weird. Oh, uh, you know, I'm not afraid of anything like that. I mean, I'm not afraid of spiders. They don't bother me. Snakes don't bother me. I'm not afraid of mice. I find it absolutely. It just talking about it makes me feel sick. It's like it's just disgusting. And I had a house mm. once that was completely whatever the word is called infested, and that sound, that scratching sound, I actually think I went a bit mental during those months because, and I had to move. I, mean, I couldn't. It still shows. <laughs> nice, very nice. <laughs> Anyways, on with the show. Yeah, so we'll be reviewing Stuart Little this week. <laughs> no, we won't. <laughs> so this is a uh, Sunday, August the second, uh, two thousand and nine. I should change my calendar. Hold on a second. Oh uh, yes. You have a nice pit-up girl calendar that you got from your wife for Christmas. Oh, nice. And this, uh, let me describe the scene. <laughs> it's a woman in garter, a little garter belt with the, whatever that's called, when the thing strap comes down and holds up your stockings. Is that the garter belt? <laughs> I'm so good at lingerie. She has some nice black panties, a black bra, and she's very 1940s, but she is standing on one of those vibro machines. Belt. Yeah, vibro belt, where... You have the, wrap, the belt wrapped around your backside, and the thing will shake you. Shake the flab off you. <laughs> she doesn't have any flab on her, but... Maybe. That's maybe. a funny picture, isn't it? Because, like... <laughs> yeah, it is strange. <laughs> anyway, um, August... That just reminded me to change the Very calendar. Nice. August the 2nd, 2009. This is after the show number 81. The movie we're going to be reviewing this week is I Love You, Man. I Love, I love you, man. man. I Love You, Man. Uh, on Blu-ray disc, this is a 2009 movie. And it's out on Blu-ray on Tuesday the 11th... Well, out on Blu-ray and DVD on Tuesday the 11th of August, which is, what, two weeks? Mm. We've got it a bit early, this one. Nine days from now. Yeah. That's not two weeks. Okay. <laughs> That's nine days. Yeah. It's not not this Tuesday, the Tuesday after. Um, it's from the studio Paramount, uh, and you're going to tell us what it's about. It's about a man who is, I think, in about his mid-30s. I could be wrong. Uh, about to get married yeah. and discovers that through his whole life he has never had guy man friends, and it's his quest to find a man friend. And I think a man friend, a friend who's a man, and not like the guy get my, you know, James Bond says get my shoes. Not like that kind of man friend. No, oh my God, no, that's so funny. No, this uh, that's really it. I mean, discovering that he's never made man friends, and then sort of the awkward funniness. Instead of finding romance, trying to find a friend as an adult and yeah. sort of like a comedic look at that. Because he's already found romance yeah. at the beginning of the movie. And that's all he's ever had, really. He's always yeah. had a girlfriend. So he's a girlfriend kind of guy. Yeah. Not a friend. Not a friend kind of yeah. guy. So that's that. So that's that. So um, 
this is uh, like I said, 2009 movie, new comedy. Um, stars Paul Rudd and Jason Segel. Um, Jason Segel being from Forgetting Sarah Marshall. <laughs> yeah. And Paul Rudd being or from. Or Saving Sarah S- Silverman, which I was called. I don't know. And Paul Rudd being from Anchorman and other new other th- films, which I'll mention later. Um, anyway, these kind of comedies are sometimes take it or leave it with me. Do you get what I'm saying? Yep. Um, but I really enjoyed this one. It was a fun Sunday afternoon movie. I yes. laughed. I actually was crying at one point. Are you kidding me? Not like from <laughs> laughter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was. There was a, there was one particular thing that was like uncomfortably weird, and I had to pull my glasses up to wipe tears from my eyes. I, I can't even remember which thing it was. Oh. It was something that he kept. <laughs> repeating over and over you know one of those weird yeah he had a lot of funny he was kind of like he's he, awkward like, because he's not like a dude a dude's dude whatever that means anymore but he tries to be kind of char- kind like of like Joseph, like yeah, saying stuff yeah, like yeah, that yeah like you know? tries to make up his own little sayings but not realizing that he's saying stuff like Sounds okay and like totally dude uh, <laughs> or whatever you know like that um I was actually anticipating being completely bored out of my mind because I'm a little bit sick of these comedies to be honest I like Knocked Up but once is enough. I liked Anchorman. Once is enough. You know. Oh. So then I was looking for it to be just that again. It's just and overall, you could see it that way. But the individual moments is completely what makes it really funny to me. I laughed a lot. <laughs> I laughed every scene because it was the people. Yeah, I think so too. Good cast. Not necessarily the writing or anything because it's not overtly. It's not like clever or. Hmm. Um, it's an original idea because I really like the idea and it's totally identifiable. I, I identify with it myself. Trying to make a friend as an adult. Now, a lot of people go, oh, I make friends all the time. Well, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm like talking about if you hadn't been friends with these pe- someone since high school or grade school or through your, whole, through your college or whatever to cement a new friendship as an adult. It's actually, it is kind of awkward and You have to weird. find a connection with them. Yeah. And try and play it out in some yeah, way. Yeah, exactly. You... And in this, it shows those, when the initial meeting, when you first meet someone, and it is like forging a, a romantic relationship because you have an awkward, like, trying to find out about each other and, you know, you don't know this person, it's a stranger, and yet you're not trying to be, like, obviously you're not seeking romance, but it's still awkward because you don't know what they like or what... And you say things that are, like, uncomfortable. You think it's uncomfortable and, oh, my God, what are they going to think of me? And all that kind of stuff. It's, it's... I like that, that it addresses that issue. And it's really funny. I mean, throughout, Paul Rudd is just... I, I find him funny anyway. He's tremendously so, funny. So it doesn't He's, really... The <laughs> and story. the woman's excellent. I forget her name. But um, we'll talk about her. But really awesome. I thought they were perfect together. Yeah, the story... Like I'm saying, Paul Rudd, I've liked him since... I think Anchorman was probably the first one I saw him in. But I just like that weird... I don't know, it's it's oddly uncomfortable. The characters they give him are kind of... He's in Knocked Up. He's like the husband who... Knocked Up's my favourite one of him. Because, I, I said to you the other day, it's kind of a... The, the father that he plays in Knocked Up is... It's just slightly kinda off. Like, like, he's he's kind of beaten down by the marriage thing. Yeah. And... It's almost like this guy a little bit. I mean, there's there's a little bit of this guy. I mean, it's a total. It's a different. He's not. You know, yeah, yeah. But he's because it's the opposite li- of because the one who played in uh, Saving Sarah Marshall is just totally whacked out. He's like forgetting what? Oh, right. <laughs> forgetting 
Sarah Marshall. Saving Sarah Silverman. <laughs> He's just totally whacked out in that one. Like, everything he says has got to be completely ad-libbed. They just said, say whatever you beach. want. Just say any weird shit. And he does it really funny, so... Yeah, and that's another one where he's with uh, Jason Siegel. Yes. Um, but yeah, this, uh, you know, it's not a Judd Apatow thing, but it has that kind of feel. It's that this new comedy Why thing. Why do we have to call it that, by the way? It gets a little boring, I'm sorry, but... Uh, sorry. He didn't invent boring. it. Uh, what I'm saying He didn't is, invent comedy or jokes about farts and dicks. I guess he invented these kind of comedies. I no, think we've said this before. I don't think oh, he I did. Have. Yeah, no, that's why I'm saying it gets a little bit like, why do we have to tag it with that every time? And you're probably not the only one. Just saying, if you like these kind of, you know, there's How a lot of people who like this movie, that movie, this movie, you might like this movie. I don't like to tag it with that because it gives him a little more credit than he deserves. <laughs> no, I think he deserves a lot of credit. I like, I actually like every Judd Apatow movie I've seen. Um, yeah, all of them. Um, I've not seen Funny People which is out this week in theatres but um, that looks like it would be my cup of tea also you know Adam Sandler and Seth Rogen right um, but no I not pinning out these kind of movies but this isn't a Judd Apatow movie <laughs> no what that's saying. what I'm saying so I don't think it should always you know but it kind of does fit in that genre of movie it's not like wacky goofball comedy and it's but it's it, like grown up got a sensible kind of but immature too. at the same time. Do you know what I mean? Has yeah. it has the poop jokes and like wacky single guy um, masturbation moments? I mean, not actual masturbation, but I mean, it addresses things that you and I at our age, just forty, <clears throat> finally, and forty-one, we identify with. They're all at our basically in our age range. They're dealing with not. They're not talking. We're not talking about like pie fucker. <laughs> Like, you know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah, like teenage. It's not, you know, Breakfast Club. It's not college days. It's like, I think that's why we seem to identify. Because we're not fully mature. We still laugh at goofball jokes. But they're, it's addressing, like, adult issues. You know, love, romance. And the question of, why are you? Why do you want to marry this person? And he's like, I don't... You know, if you're our age and married and in a relationship, those are good issues. And good thing to throw out there for people to think about. Yeah, I know. Um, well, we should just go on to the cast, really, because I can sure. say more about this yeah, when yeah. you mention who, who's in it. Like, So, Paul Rudd plays the main guy, Peter Claven. Or yeah. Claven, yeah. Who um, is a real estate dude in L.A. So, he's, it's kind of a upmarket real estate company. And it starts with him. He's, he's on, like, his biggest ever sale. It's going to be his biggest ever sale, which is... Uh, Rigno's house. Yeah, the guy who played the Hulk in the 70, 80s TV show. Yeah, I don't think you need to tell people. I think no. everybody knows. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. If anyone didn't know that, have him write in. <laughs> yeah. So the he's, he's still in his house, and uh, <clears throat> it's it starts from there because this see that you know he, when he figures out he doesn't have any friends. Men friends, really. In fact, he does have some men friends, but I don't think they're his friend. Because the question comes up, who's your best man? And who's your who are your groomsmen? And then it's like, I don't uh, have anybody. So yeah. apart from... Then he goes on a quest. Acquaintances, like I call a lot of Right. People, you know, like people at work who... Yeah, and people who don't consider him their friend either. Yeah. Like his wife's friends... Husband. Yeah, yeah, and like the dudes that he fences with, fences with him every week. But one of them's getting married in a few days, and he had no idea. And they're like, and they didn't know about him. Yeah, either. and they're like, dude, I would have invited you, but um, uh, he's like, no, 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 that's fine, that's fine. So 
that's really identifiable. Yeah, it's very um, oh, real. Totally. Yes, you can you can see people every day, but not really be the friend, like just an acquaintance of them. Yes, totally. Even though you might have gone to the same gym for twenty years with a fella who you talk to every day, entirely. You know nothing about each other. I've from- worked with people for ten years and talked to them three, four days a week, and still don't have that thing where you know I would know really what's happening in their life or care. So, yeah, that's the main gist. But the guy who he bumps into, who is played by Jason Seagal. It's Seagal, isn't it? Seagal, Not Seagal. Right. (laughs) Seagal. Is, what would you call him? Like, he's kind of bohemian. He's kind of... He's not, not entirely. He's not not your... um, You want me to give you my woman perspective? I'll tell you from a woman's perspective. He's just a... Slacker. Yeah. A slacker kind of loser obviously we're it's established that he has a job he's an investment something or other whatever but the way he lives is totally in that zone that women go okay you can grow up now and i don't even think that way but looking at a man's life whose whole life is just buying shit off of ebay and running around and is like slack really um doesn't care it doesn't care about cleaning up his dog's poop on the boulevard oh. anything like that he's real like living for the moment and living like you know like a dude and that's cool and everything but then at the age that we've hit you start looking on this guy the Paul Rudd guy looks at him and is like oh my god this is awesome like, I love a guy like totally this. freedom and yeah. he's like so honest and he does all this shit and he owns like three sets of drums and he's got a guitar and rush posters and he's got a garage for like his what he called it his man cave and all that and that's cool but then when you take a step back and at some point we see him in there just by himself you go right this can be a part of your life, but look, you know, look at you. Like you want to shake him and go like. But this. then another thing about this guy, the the um, Jason Siegel person, is what's he called? Sydney Fife. Sydney yeah. is he's actually got a heart of gold. Also, he's yes, not totally. he's not a jerk off. He's, totally. he's actually yeah, he's not a dickhead to kind of lose a guy. He actually is a nice guy. Again, as a woman. <clears throat> there are a couple of moments when uh, a woman is leaving his house. The guy says she was pretty. He goes, yeah, I fucked her. Yeah. Yeah, a woman would say that is being an asshole. So I think your perspective might be different from mine. Yeah, but you also don't know the... <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't thing. matter. Just that alone. See, I didn't see him as an asshole. Like, I saw him as like... I mean, they tried to make him kind of look a bit asshole-ish for reasons of the plot at some point, yeah. I think. But overall, if you think of him... But Paul Rudd saying, my favorite night in the last five years has been when I spent the evening with my girlfriend. We watched Shock a lot, and we made a salad and whatever. Chocolate. And he's like, that's just... That's stupid. That's sick. And that makes him an asshole to a woman. Because uh-huh. why is that sick? Uh-huh. Why do you have to be... You know, but then whatever. he says something later I never play golf with women. He says women, something later about like Shock a lot, so I guess he... Well, yeah, but still. Just that attitude. So I think our perspective... It's a good thing to... Put a line between a man and a woman, because you will. See, we will all see. He seemed like a good friend to me. I would have. I would have liked him. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what He's I'm not saying? dead. He's just fictional. Uh, I'm saying that kind of friend would be a good friend. I think because he had his back. He has his back. Kinda. Um. You know, there's some plot devices that lead you to believe that he's not going to be. He could be a leech. He could be a whatever. But, yeah. yeah so, you know. But he shines through all those things. It's the kind of movie that shows you the positive and negatives of being in a relationship and being single. And it does it in a way that's not, like, totally thrown in your face, necessarily. You yeah. know? 
you see his single life and how great it must be, and he's totally, like you said, bohemian, does whatever he wants. And yet, of course, we all know, whether you're married now or single or whatever, being on your own can be difficult and lonely. So you get to see that. From him, too. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and then uh, we... And he does a good job, by the way. No, what I I really wanted to say about those two, these are the two leads, um, Paul Rudd and Jason Segal. What I wanted to say about them both is when I saw them in Forgetting Sarah Marshall and Paul Rudd was just a peripheral thing, whereas Jason Segal was the main guy, when I saw... You know, they do interact a little bit, but it's very small. I thought to myself, I'd like to see them two in a movie together. <laughs> and this is it. Like, you know, I didn't think it would come up so soon. Like, But I I think the Jason guy is really good. I think he comes across really... I, I loved him in the Sarah Marshall one. I think he's really sincere. Like, I, I get him, like, as soon as I see him. I have my moments when I feel like he's past the moment of appearing sincere and it seems pretentious occasionally. But... There again, this character kind of had an air of True. weirdness to him. True. But like the guy in Sarah Marshall, you know, who, who was writing the the Dracula puppet comedy and all that. And I got him. Like, I, I, I thought he... Yeah. You know, because he... I'm just saying, trying to... He, he kind of wasn't... Well, he wasn't an ass in that one, really, was no. he? He was being made an ass off, kind of. Kind of. By this woman who was... You want to call him like an every man's man. Kind yeah, he of is. Like he's he? a dude. He's just but a I dude. really think they played well together. Is what I'm saying. I, um, yeah. Any of the scenes where them two were talking to each other were really funny. Like because Paul, Rudd, you can tell they just crack each other up, and it, it translates to the audience. Because there was plenty of times where I was just like, it does, and yet sometimes it gives me that feeling of you know they've got their little cool kids club where you know I don't know how to describe it. Sometimes it just gets a little bit like. Okay, okay, okay. For but, me, I know what to expect from yeah. these, and Paul Rudd especially, but whatever Paul Rudd does is funny to me, because what it is is multiple takes. How they do it is like Anchorman. Multiple takes, say it, say it as many different ways as you can, and then we'll yeah. usually get something funny out of that and use the best one, hopefully. But you, you can tell that that's how it's done, you, you, even when I was watching it. And then I was thinking, I bet you there's deleted scenes of multiple versions, and there was. So, you know, whatever that style is, improvise, I guess, improv, right? Mm. He does, it seems to do it well. I guess he, you know, could do it. It'd be cool for to see him in an improv troupe or whatever they call them. That'd be... Mm. Like, whose line is it anyway on TV? I don't know if that's on TV anymore. Don't know. He I mean, it's on reruns all the time, but... Yeah. Um, then third, we've got Rashida Jones as Zoe, and she's the lady from The Office. She was um, Jim's... Jim's Temporary girlfriend. Temporary girlfriend. She's yeah. really good. Yeah, I like her. She's Absolutely. got an element of realness to her. Yes, she's got a very straight man thing about her. You know what I mean? In a comedy, you have like the goofy and the straight guy. Yeah, she is the straight guy. But she's also her. like, I was watching her for a while and thinking, you know, a lot. I mean, she's beautiful and they've, you know, she's got a tan and her perfect white teeth. and But there's not that like, ov- like that overly in your face, I'm the obnoxious L.A. perfect girl vibe from her at all. No, it just seems kind of down to earth. And a little bit of down to earth with her and her girlfriends chatting and they all have the French nails and all that stuff. But I really like her. And watching the extras, when she's in a scene and someone's cracking up, she's always the first one to like pull it back and be like, okay, let's go. And she's probably used to it from being in the office. And she would just more like, okay, can, you know, like... Uh, 
I don't. I just really liked her. I liked her in every scene, and especially the uh, kissing <laughs> when he had a cigarette yeah, breath, yeah. and she was like, "Can you brush your teeth?" Because that's awkward, isn't it? Even if you're getting, even if you're married to somebody, you don't want to tell them to brush their teeth. That was a funny scene. Um, it was. And then there's uh, John Favreau plays a small part in there. Of a, uh, in fact, John Favreau and Jamie Presley, um, Barry and Denise, which are like a another a couple friend of theirs. Um, I thought they were brilliant because. Everybody's seen that kind of couple. Who, oh I, my god, yeah. Are, they, well, basically, they're the kind of couple that are at each other's throats all the time, yet they still love each other in a weird, bizarre way. Like. Yeah. And I think they played it perfectly, because he's an ass. Yeah. Like a total ass. Like <laughs> when, he's, start, when Paul Rudd starts to say to him at some point, starts to explain something to him, and he just goes, I don't give a shit, and yeah. just walks away, <laughs> at it, and he has like a toothpick in his mouth. And that really does... I've known some men in my life, including my grandfather, who I love dearly and had a toothpick in their mouth a lot and didn't bother me. But more more often than not, men who walk around chomping on a toothpick all the time symbolize to me sort of this cocky... Like, if they didn't have that toothpick in their mouth, they'd be smoking a cigar, which he does. And that just... Was One like, of my favorite totally symbolizes was the being a prick. John Favreau and his wife, they turned up at um, the engagement party. <laughs> yeah. And he's like... With the toothpick in his mouth, stood at the bar, and he says to her, "I thought this was a drop-in affair." Like, yeah, and he says it right in front of everybody. It's like it's okay. an engagement party, yeah. right? <laughs> he was thinking he could just walk in and walk out. Like, and then they're at the table, them. and they've done the little thing. He goes, "Okay, well, we I did only come for the like right in front of everybody. Like, we want to leave." And she's like, "Shut <laughs> up." So yeah, there's there's those two, and I really like Jamie Presley, who you may remember from Crank with Jason Statham. Right. Yeah. He gives her one in the outdoors. Apparently, he gives her one in the outdoors. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. Yeah. Is that what they're calling it these days? Uh, yeah. And uh, J.K. Simmons as Oswald Claven, who's the father of uh, Paul Rudd. Uh, well, there's the whole the whole family. It's J.K. Simmons as the father, Andy Samberg from Saturday Night Live as the brother, brother, and Jane Kurt Curtin Curtin as Joyce, who's the mother. The mother, right. So. And uh, the guy, J.K., whatever, he's the uh, newspaper art editor from... Spider-Man. Spider-Man. So he barks yeah. at people. I like, I like him, though. I like how he's... I don't ki- think he was the dad on... You know, I'm not, it was either him or the guy from American Beauty. But I think it was him. I think it was J.K. I like how he'd... Bar- I'd like how he'd... Um, so he's like a... You think, like a typical father kind. But he'd, like, <laughs> bonded with the gay son. Right. And, under, you know, just wanting to, like, not... Like a twist on a yeah. kind of grumpy, like a twist on a standard father who'd be like bonding with the bonding with the son who's obviously not the gay son. Right. <laughs> well, he bonded with the gay son, and he he goes out bowling with the gay friends, and it's he's really funny. It was a funny twist on that. Why are you doing that? Looking up that guy to see if he was the father on Juno. J.K. Yeah, he probably was. I seem to remember him. J.K. Simmons. This is interesting podcasting. <laughs> yes. You look in Spider-Man stuff. 4 coming up. Um, Extract, The Closer, Alien, Party Down. Jamie's on a lot of TV. Juno, yeah. Okay. Itch, itch has been scratched. Yeah, so the... Uh, and last but not least is Lou Ferrigno as himself. <laughs> He's not really... And that's it. There's no one else in the movie. No, she a- has a lot of friends and stuff and... Yeah, they're the main ones. I think I covered the main people. Now, the director of them... Well, I just want to say about Lou Ferrigno, I'm just really glad that he's, like, still alive and healthy and well and does things. He's still a muscle dude. Yeah, he's He's still still muscly. And I was looking at him really close, (laughs) thinking, 
is he doing a uh, an early Kirk, uh, Captain Kirk, with the girdle? But he wasn't. No, he wasn't he was, a girdle. Well, was it was punk. him. He's he was a, like you know. He's a buddy builder. I mean, he's not that. slim or anything. He's got a m- aging man's body, but a muscle man body. So I was he, really glad to see him. He must be sixty and he's years in old. It, he's in it. In it, he does a scene where he's. He'd be sixty years old. Easy. At least. Yeah. Um, and then the director of this movie is John Hamburg, who also directed a couple of shows on Comedy Central, Stella being one of them, and the movie Along Came Polly. Which did we see? Along mm-hmm. Came Polly. Which one was that one? Was it Jennifer Aniston? Yeah. yeah and it was Ben. Oh, uh, not Ben Affleck. Yeah, Ben Stiller. Was it where like he went to the Bahamas with them or something? Oh, maybe. No, I that was seen a different that. one. He met her. And she was, like, different than anybody he'd ever met. Oh, I, oh, maybe I'm confusing it with the other one that he was I in. think oh. Along Game Polly's the one with... No, it's Jennifer Aniston and Ben Stiller. Yeah, and that guy I really like. Uh, the guy from Doubt. You know, my dude. Oh, oh no, yes, he, yes. He's in it as his best yeah. friend, all sweaty. I believe so. That's actually a pretty funny movie. I saw it on HBO one night, and it's pre- pretty funny. There's, like, some gross stuff in it. Like, gross-out kind of gags in it. Nice. <laughs> ben Stiller. Yeah, yeah, I, I kind of like that one. Yeah, anyway, so this director did Along Came Polly. And he is actually in the middle of filming Little Fockers, which mm-hmm. is Meet the Parents 3, I guess. Right. Um, which you predicted would be called that. You may call it Meet the Little Fucker or something, right? The Little Fucker. That's what it's called. That would be called. Little Fockers is the name. <laughs> and that's coming out in 2011. Uh, so that's quite some time away. Jeez, that is... And let's just, let's just tell everybody what you said. They need to get an, another one squeezed in before Robert De Niro dies. Yeah, you know. <laughs> and I said, what do you mean? <laughs> is he like, is something going on I don't know about? But no, you're just uh, and I think plotting I his the, death. The, the Robert De Niro is 66, I believe. Yeah, it? so it's not exactly like he's ancient. No, he could be around until he's Hell, 99. Freak, yeah. So, um, overall, well, not overall for the movie... There's, there are some extras on this Blu-ray disc. I, I've got to say, it looked fine. It's a 2009 movie, Blu-ray yeah. transfer. It looked very sharp, and the audio... In these kind of movies, the audio, you know, 5.1 surround, it helps, but it basically matter. all sits at the front, doesn't it? There's no nothing really going on behind you. But, um, you know, it's it was fine. I didn't see any problems with it. Um, now, there are some extras, and they're all in HD um, on the Blu-ray. There's deleted scenes... Which, what more can you say? Yeah. Deleted scenes. Uh, there's extended scenes, which is pretty much the same thing. But like, <laughs> These are very self-explanatory, by the way. Yeah, there's, titles. A, there's a gag reel, which we've seen on most comedy, any comedy movie you get on DVD or Blu-ray. There's a gag reel. It's actually quite a funny gag reel. I was laughing. Uh, there's a thing Paul that Paul Red's doing with his yeah. chair. <laughs> his chair makes a fart noise. I mean, this is a like... A really good one, though. This is like two-year-old comedy. <laughs> yes. But his chair makes like a fart noise when he moves and basically it looked to me like if they were doing that scene for two whole days yeah. he basically never dropped that thing he just right. kept doing it like. and he'd do it then he figured out ways to make it like really long and like you because you have heard people fart really long and gross and he just it was funny yeah, so I admit it you know, if funny. you like fart jokes you might like the gag reel <laughs> and then there's the making of I Love You Man which is 17 minutes <laughs> it's your kind of typical what you see on TV like here yeah. we are talking about the director. Here we are talking about... It was kind of fun. I, I thought they presented it well. They showed you some funny kind um, of outtakes I don't as well. like that editing thing. They keep handing these down to some kind of, I don't know, editor 101 people straight out of college, and they do all the weird, like, zoom, 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 and zip, zip, zip. It's like, come on. I mean, it's a, it's not a... 
it's not a short film that you're going to be getting nominations for of anything. Just cut together the footage and leave it at that. Now, one thing we did learn from it was there's green screen in this movie that you would never suspect uh-uh. in a million years. I mean, it's so hysterically funny. I mean, the thing of it is in the movie isn't funny, but to discover later that it's green screen, you know. Like, yeah, probably not. We won't mention. No, that no, no. Moment. I won't say it. I'll just say like uh, watch the movie, then watch the extras, including the. That making of, and you'll be like, oh my god. Can also, can also say for the cast, um, I also want to mention uh, the band Rush. Oh, yeah. <laughs> are also in the cast. So if you like the band Rush, in fact, our uh, Blu ray disc came in a box with a Rush t shirt. You should wear it. Uh, if I liked Rush, I probably would. Yeah, but. Just you, wear it to be ironic. You didn't like the Rush songs from a. Rock band. Uh-uh. I've never liked them. I do. No. I mean, I don't love them or anything, you but wear I mean, the t-shirt? it's from a small. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I wouldn't want to wear it anyway. It's got stuff on it. I wear my Kiss T-shirt. That's a nice. It's like one. your Kiss and my Transformers T-shirt. I'll wear that. Okay, so um, there's also an audio commentary by director John Hamburg, Paul Rudd, and Jason Siegel uh, in HD. <laughs> in HD, I thought it's really funny because it says audio commentary by director John Hamburg, Paul Rudd, and Jason Siegel HD. How can I audio? Sound? Yeah, I don't know. And and more also as well, which and more consists of the red band trailer, mm. which I explained to you. Red band trailer just means the R-rated version yeah. of a trailer. Um, it's. I didn't care about the extras to be honest at all. When when we got to the end of the movie, I thought um, I don't really. I know what it's going to be. It's going to be Paul Rudd saying the same lines over and over and over and giggling at himself, which it was. It's going to be. Um, meeting the director, who, well, because we always do on these particular movies, you get to hear why he wrote the movie, why he blah, blah, blah. So there's nothing there except that Paul Rudd and that guy, Siegel, are funny. Yeah. So it's just more of them I just find, behind the scenes. I just remembered the scene that made me actually cry. Oh, yeah, it. yeah. It was the where he's doing the James Bond. Because um, <laughs> they'd gone into a tuxedo shop to try on a tuxedo <laughs> for his wedding. And he. And Jason is telling him to, I'm going to take a photo of you with the iPhone. Well, you know, you're trying on a tuxedo for Christ's sake. Let's get a photo. So do something cool. And he like, he just kind of like does this awkward pose. With his, he's like, do James Bond. And then he starts doing that. He just like weird. He can't pointing. Real you, you just look like you're pointing. He says like, and then he goes, do your eyebrow. And he's like, I, I don't know how to do that. He goes, raise your eyebrow. So he does. He goes, raise your other one. And then his face is like, I don't know. I, can't, I, don't, I don't know how, I don't know how to. <laughs> And that, and then he, what does he say? Money pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to do a Sean Connery impression. But it sounds like yeah. a leprechaun. And throughout the movie, it's a, that's the joke that every impression he tries to do of like Rust Farrell. I just thought that was hilarious. There's, there's, there's several laugh out loud moments yes, like that. So, yes. in my opinion, anything that does that is a successful comedy in my. They kind of win you over because you don't laugh at many other things. No. American comedy. No, no. Something about these. You left at Office Space, The Office. That and a couple others, but not Sarah many. Marshall made me laugh. Um, Anchorman, forty-year-old virgin did. <laughs> yes. um, oh knocked up did. And the alligator fuck out. Yeah. Oh, this crocodile. I always forget. Alligator fuck out. <laughs> um, do you like this cover, by the way? Um, I love you, man. Cover. That's alright. It's pretty. It's actually it's probably the most appropriate, and it's fine. It's just the three of them standing there because. You know, I don't care when it's just a simple comedy. 
I think my opinion, I have a very weird system in my head of what, like last week's Coraline, that cover was awesome. This one doesn't matter. This needs to be utilitarian. As Steve far as Oldfield concerned. from Fox TV. You what know, would have been funnier would be if it was just the Rush poster. That would have been good. Are them two just No, hugging. just a Rush poster. I'm right. You know, on the um, cover A, when they always have like a little quote from somebody, <laughs> um, Steve Oldfield of Fox TV says, One of the funniest movies of the decade. <laughs> are we near the end of the decade already? I guess we are. Yeah, we are. It's really, 2009. Are. But what happens if something really funny comes out? I guess it could be still yeah, one of the. Funniest. Is it really one of the funniest movies in the last nine years? I don't know. It's not funnier than Forty uh, Year Old Virgin. And, so, and somebody else, Pete Travers from Rolling you know why Stone. You're gay? You know why you're gay? You know why you're gay? That Pete, was Paul Rudd. Pete Travers from Rolling Stone says, "Hugely enjoyable, howlingly funny." <laughs> So, so if they were to put an ascully.com quote, what would you say? I'd it say, made me cry. <laughs> I'd say, yeah. The James Bond bit is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say that. That's funny. Um, so, yeah. and you Well, can, that's what DVDs need now. Like, when you go in the store, give me the box, and you, like, pick it up, and, like, you're holding it or whatever, when, as soon as you've picked it up out of the box, it has, like, a little, like, a you know, those greeting cards that you. opens up and it's like, da 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 Ebert says something when you open it. <laughs> it's so that you can have people's <laughs> horrible quotes barking at you every yeah. time you pick up a DVD. Um, also, you know, you can sometimes tell when they don't go to any effort with uh, some movies. Uh, this one's in the typical, like, like, they'll put disc out on, like, Watchmen and stuff, but things like this, it's just this boring silver I disc. I actually don't understand the point of disc art, because it doesn't matter. You don't do anything with it, unless you're going to frame it and hang and on an the wall. And an important notice. <laughs> that, so, those discs being white or gray is fine with me. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, um, overall, I I actually highly recommend this, um, if you're into that kind of comedy. You know, I don't know what... What kind of person is into this kind of comedy? Probably 40 I think year olds. Imma- immature adults is a good way to put it because that's what we are and that's what the age group is and yet it's got a lot of immature comedy thrown in with very applicable age ref- And this references. one's not particularly racy or it doesn't even have a lot of vulgar language. or nope. I, You know, even though it's R-rated, I... They said the fuck, the fuck word a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah see, that I, word. See, I never, like thought of it like that it seemed to me like it would be alright for teenagers as well you know but mm. maybe maybe they wouldn't pick up on a lot of the stuff the jokes right I think you have to be a certain age to understand things yeah I mean to even understand who Rush are yeah of course you know because it wouldn't that was be- really some funny scene too he's like telling her how awesome they are she's like I've never heard Rush I've never listened to him so he's like oh let me get it so he opens his uh, laptop I'm gonna and gets open his- up the iTunes <laughs> he opens up his laptop and starts it and we all know how shitty laptops sound and so Rush starts, and in his mind, he's hearing it in the big, loud, pounding rock and roll, right? And he's, like, doing his little air bass. And she's and it's got this little tin can. You can barely hear it. And she's like, Laptop um, speakers. Right. And he's like, it, it sounds it's better. better out of bigger speakers. <laughs> yeah. She's like, yeah, it's, oh, I think so. There's another part that <laughs> made... That's totally realistic. That's another part that made me nearly crying uh, was the part where he was doing the bass. <laughs> What, what do you keep saying? The slap bass. I'm slapping the bass. Slapping the bass. Slap, trying to be like Jamaican. Jamaican. But it's... <laughs> but sound, then she's like... And they're like, slapping the bass. And she's like, could you please stop? Keeps, for like... For the sake of our relationship. <laughs> it's really funny. There was just loads of funny moments. There like were. Um, so yeah, overall I um, recommend... If you want a laugh on a, you know, Sunday afternoon or Monday evening or... 
Don't bring your critics pen. Just watch it and yeah, and you'll have, you'll definitely have fun. I mean, his quality is well made, well put together. Some good writing. I mean, good. Di- you know, some. It's not like. No, I've seen. You feel mostly like it was a lot of it was made up along as they went along, but. Yeah, which is good for yeah. me. That's how I like it, I'd, rather than being completely planned and out. And you want to see Jane Curtin again and Lou Ferrigno? There they are. Yeah, so um, <laughs> I recommend it. It's fairly cheap as well. I saw this for seventeen ninety nine on Blu-ray, which, you know, the DV- if if this is seventeen ninety nine on Blu-ray, you're probably going to get the DVD for like $13 in Walmart right. this week. So I think that's not bad for a... Um, Cheaper than going to the movie. I also feel that it's rewatchable because of those funny moments. Yeah. You know? Because I'll rewatch um, Forty Year Old Virgin, uh, or you know those kind of movies. I don't mind putting them in and watching them again. Because I'd the- watch Saving uh, Sarah Silverman. <laughs> Honestly, I think I think that's, that's forgetting that's not my- Sarah Marshall. I know my mind. I, it just that's what it is in my mind, and I have no. And you know idea who Sarah Silverman is? She's a yes, I know exactly lady. who she is, and I she's nothing to do with it. There's also Silverman the. Saving Silverman was yeah, yeah, yeah. Sarah Silverman is a comedian, and we have Forgetting Sarah Marshall. I smushed them all together, and I have no idea. Why. And you'll never get it right. I will never get it right. So, conclusion it, for me, it, it's a definite C. I would um, rent or buy whatever. It's one to see though. If you like, if you, if like you can get it for thing. seventeen bucks I, on Blu-ray or thirteen, that's cheaper than going to the movie. Yeah, okay. and I do think if you actually really dig those kind of movies, rewatchable, you will watch definite, it again. There's definitely re- if you're not going to watch it again, just rent it because I do think it's a fun one to watch. Yeah, it is. Um, and you know, you can't always say that for this kind of comedy because mm-hmm. sometimes they're absolute garbage. Yeah, you can tell they're trying too hard, can't you? And this one didn't feel yeah. like that to me. It's actually felt what I really liked about um, forgetting Sarah Marshall is what I liked about this. They had a similar kind yeah. of vibe to them. There were a couple conversations around, like around the table at the dinner table one time when it felt really that weird movie. Yeah. Let's be extra funny with this family conversation thing. So it was like a movie family conversation that was. Kind I know of, what you mean. Though. Yeah. 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 Forced, but other than that, I think all of it. Then the rest of it, to, for me, felt like it was kind of in line with the comedy and youth. I mean them. Um, you know, young people being just funny. So uh, that's the review for that one. Thank you to Paramount for the Blu-ray disc. It's out on... When did I say it was out again? Tuesday the 11th of August. So you've got nine days. Correct. And you can go and get it. Or Unless if you're, you're listening, listening to, to this it. on Tuesday the 11th of August, go and get it while you're waiting uh, for uh, um, So recommendations for this week. I went with three. Uh, the final one is nothing to do with this. But the other two are ones that... Maybe if you'd never seen Paul Rudd in movies, ones that I really liked. Now, Anchorman is, you know, the first time I saw Paul Rudd. And that is a movie so unlike this movie. It's Completely. A, it's an odd kind of surrealistic... And can I say that, in the time that I've known you, I've never known you to watch. None your youth, you might have watched Star Wars or something like dozens and dozens of times. You watched Anchorman... Every day for about a month, you had it on your computer. You put it in your computer. You watched it every day, and you laughed every time. I actually watched it last week. I was like, "Wow!" And it was, and I would hear it. I'd be like walking through the apartment. We lived in the apartment then. I'd be like, "Really? He's watching it again?" And then the next day, (laughs) sometimes you'd just start it right over again because you were just doing stuff on your computer and just letting it go over and over. It's really, really funny. I think. And that was the first time I'd seen Paul Rudd, and his character in that is really bizarre. But everybody's character in that is really bizarre. That but, um, escalated quickly. That's one of those things that I still say all the time. Well, yeah. That escalated quickly. 
And the Sex Panther thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Cincinnati bow tie. And then uh, there's... Oh, no, that's for your virgin. Yeah, and then there's Knocked Up. That's the other one that I wanted to recommend with Paul Rudd. Because he plays the father of... You know, it is, it's another bit part kind of thing. He's a husband. But he's like this... He's got a, He's like this guy. He's got a weird kind of side to him. Like a funny, sarcastic kind of side. Which mm-hmm. I really appreciate. It's funny. I, I think he's really funny in that one. Because it's not even his film. He's just a side thing. Yeah, every scene that he's in, I, I laugh. And there's things he does with the kids. And they're his children. Yeah, which are really funny. And that's his... Uh... Correct. No, it's not. That's his wife. That's Judd Apatow's wife. Oh, right. Correct. Correct. I knew she was somebody's wife. Yeah, he borrowed her for the movie. And they borrowed his children. Yep. So, uh, and the final one, which has nothing to do with anything, but you said you were having three, so I added one. It's the 1980s movie, Flash Gordon. Music by Queen. Action. Adventure. It's cheesy as hell, but it's one from my childhood that I love. And, you know, if you've heard the, so- the Queen song, Flash. Ah, he saved every one of us. That one. Well, that's in there. So, All right, yeah. very good. And that's nothing to do with anything. I don't think there's anything wrong with recommending movies that pop into our head in the discussion we're having like, before we get to here. Because that's part of all this, isn't it? Uh-huh. Not just people listening to what we think about this movie, but it's us and how much we love movies and whatever. Why do you keep looking at the time? No, I'm not. I'm looking to see if my <laughs> monitor's about to go off. Oh, right. And my recommendations are, and this is only because last night I caught a part of it on TV, and again, they're not really to do with this. Uh, movie necessarily, but about forging relationships and whatnot is Max Dugan Returns. Now that is with Matthew Broderick, Jason Robards, uh, Marsha something. It's from 1983 and it's really, I forget the last name. Um, And it's got Donald Sutherland in it. It's a comedy. It's kind of like coming off the 70s, early 80s vibe and the father returns. uh, He's been like a kind of a shyster and a con man or something in the past and coming back to forge his relationship with his daughter and his grandson blah 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 I've but it's actually really good it. it's really good it's really well done um, it's very of the times so it's kind of as nostalgic when I was watching I was like wow it just really takes me straight back to that time period of movies and another one is Drop Dead Fred because it's a unique it's a story as well that you've never seen that's what I was thinking with this one like we've never seen a story about grown-ups trying to make friends. No. So that's what I was going on with Drop Dead Fred. Somehow we got on the subject. And uh, I love Drop Dead Fred. Absolutely loved it. I think if I watched it now, I'd love it. And you, of course, told me that they're remaking it with Russell Brand. Russell Brand is going to be Fred. Right. So uh, we'll see how that goes. And my other one is I Love You to Death. Because that's another kind of weird, unique... A wife. Tra- it's got uh, Tracy Ullman, Kevin Klein, Kevin Klein because he's married to Phoebe Cates, who was in Drop Dead Fred. So I, I was sort of doing my IMDb. No. Oh, it's really funny. It's I keep weird. thinking of Death Becomes Her. It's, but it's weird, not and no, no, no. Um, she wants to kill her husband. They own a pizza parlor kind of place, Italian no. pizza parlor, and uh, she wants to kill him. Doesn't quite come off the way she means to. And there's a lot of odd characters. It's a bit quirky and weird. And again, 80s. of the times, yeah, right. it's really good. It's really funny. I mean. I don't know about good as in quality, because I haven't seen it in a while, but it's good because I would watch it again right now. I'd watch all of those right now. <laughs> there you go. So mine are Max Dugan Returns, Drop Dead Fred, and I Love You to Death. And mine are Anchorman Knocked Up and Flash Gordon. So there's six <laughs> movies for you to watch between now and then. Oh, and this one, so seven. Correct. Um, contest, uh, see the site for details. We've got two contests going on at the moment. Uh, next week's 
review will be Race to Witch Mountain on Blu-ray, which is The Rock, Dwayne, whatever he's called. Johnson. Um, in a new Disney action family thing. Anyway, the Witch Mountain films were films from my childhood, which I never actually saw. Me either. Um, there was two of them. Fortunately, I have no reference. <laughs> I probably did see them, to be honest. If there's any extras on this DVD where it shows you the original, yeah. maybe I'll be like, oh yeah, that one. But as of now, I don't feel like I saw them. I so don't think we'll, I, did. I don't know what this one will be like. Um, so that'll be next week's review. Games and A Scully stuff. Uh, this week I've been revisiting Gears of War 2, which is a game, which is so. What's that? A game from. over a year ago, I would imagine. Last no. no, maybe two years ago. Um. But anyway, they put out a new add-on pack for it, which contains, like, a new single-player level, co-op, and a bunch of new multiplayer maps. And I think it's, like, 16 new multiplayer maps. So there's this new add-on pack that adds all that to it. So I've been revisiting it and playing it online, and it's still as fun as it was then. (laughs) Um, I do like these add-on packs, uh, because they do sometimes revitalize a game in the... Further down the line. If you yeah. like like Burnout when they came out with their add-on thing. Yeah, because you tend to like, you know, you can't play a game forever, one game. Like, other games come along, right? Unlike people who play Halo. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't see how... I can't do that. Like, uh, some people do. Just get one game, focus on it, play that for years, right? But I like games too much to stick on one. I like to experience all of them, you know? So, that doesn't happen. So, when they put out a download pack, you know, it might charge you $10 or whatever. I feel like it adds another... You can add another few months of you playing that game. I think is a good thing. If you'd already fully, completely used it up the first time, like you did, completely. Yeah. So there's nothing new to see. Right. Here. And now you're adding... Yeah, that's good. And you're adding a lot of new maps here. Like, for, for online. Like, a lot. And they can be used in all kinds of different modes. So you could spend another year playing it, I guess, if you wanted to really get the most out of it. They added a load of new achievements as well. The other thing is, I got into the beta of uh, the new Xbox dashboard which I didn't write on there but I wanted to mention um, so I'm running the latest dashboard on my Xbox 360 and uh, it's not a whole lot different <laughs> but I have noticed a couple of things over the last couple of days one is one thing that always used to bug me is when you click into the game library to go and play a game on your 360 it brings up this list of all your games now I've got like 70 or 80 games on my hard drive. You know all the arcade games I bought over the periods of time. Over, you know, three years. It used to take a long time for that to populate. Like, it would have a little spinning circle like a Windows thing. And it'd sit there and it'd sit there and eventually they would all pop up and I could pick one. Well, now it's absolutely instantaneous, which... That's to me. That's the best thing about this. Or looking at achievements for each game too. You said they change the way it's laid out. Put all so it's icons easy. up there. Icons instead of a and list. you got a big giant Q-tip for your little avatar. Yeah, now there's an avatar marketplace where you can buy premium stuff for your avatar, so it looks different to other people's. You can't hear it, but I'm rolling my eyes. Yes, yeah. um, but you know, if you don't want to buy stuff, an interesting thing that's been unlocked by this new dashboard is. Games can now put avatar items as rewards for finishing games. Hmm. So you can finish the new Halo game and get the Halo suit for your avatar, which I think is a really good That's way. That's a good idea. Because it encourages you to play through the game, get maybe play it on the hardest level because you want the helmet that they're going to give you. I think that is good. It always should have been like that. I mean, achievements are one thing, but actually getting something cool for your avatar is a different thing. So 
you really don't have to fork out any money. You'll just get them from your games if you're good enough, I guess. Some games. Yeah. The first one is Explosion Man, which I'm playing at the moment, which is a cool game. Um, if you finish that... But they want you to finish it absolutely perfect to get the suit. Right. Ugh. So I don't know if that's going to happen. Uh, been, oh, next is Wii I've been playing some more Wii Sports Resort this week. Uh, I think it's a really good game on the Wii. Um, the Motion Plus thing... Well... My favourite thing is the sword fighting. I think it's really good, the sword fighting. I really want a proper sword fighting game. And now there is one coming out called Red Steel 2 in uh, February next year using Motion Plus. Um, it just. You've seen it. It works perfect, yeah. the sword fighting. Have you played any Wii Res- no. Sports Resort 2? What I've found is my favourite one so far is table tennis. Because you can really. If you flick your wrist when you hit the b- ball like you do in real life, you can put. Right. spin on and it curves you know and you can really do that in real life because I used that was one of my favourite things about playing table tennis that you could spin the ball I never could I just whack 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 right, whack right if whack. you flick your wrist at the end it always like put reverse spin on the ball and then when the ball hit the table it kind of went the opposite right. way to what they were thinking it was going I used to love being able to do that well when you play table tennis in Wii Sports Resort if you just pretend it's re- a real table tennis bat and hit it as you would it does exactly what you think it would supposed to do which to me is like amazing and the same with the what's the other one I was playing this week a lot oh the on the Wii Sports Resort the flying the plane right you just fly the plane over the island trying to collect all these different things and it's just fun like you hold the Wii remote like it's a paper aeroplane and right just glide it through the air and it actually reacts exactly like you would think it would so Wii Sports Resort, I think it's, um, I think it's fifty bucks, but you get Ooh. the, you get the um, Motion Plus one. in the box, just one of them. Yeah, you, you really need two if you want to play it for real. Uh, third one is I've been playing is uh, Burger Island Two, which is the next in my series of mundane uh, <laughs> fast food jobs. Maybe you shouldn't games. call them mundane. People do those jobs, you know, and they are mundane. I'm just saying we don't. We're not insulting. It's definitely a mundane job. job. Um, but anyway, this one's another make burgers, but in a Hawaiian tropical paradise against the clock kind of mm. stre- they're kind of stressful aren't they a little bit yes because I am currently playing Burger Shop 2 yeah and I'm playing Burger Island 2 I got all the way through it so I'm now on the hard mode I got all the way through Burger Shop 2 and then I reformatted my PC and lost <laughs> my save game but that's how it goes I guess I'll, I get the fun of playing it again you get to start- oh you'll like it you'll like starting over because now that you're really good at it it'd be really easy I went back to like some of the un- ones that I got like um, red because yeah. if you if you don't serve some people, they get pissed and leave. And if you get that, you can still go through the level onto the next level, but you have a little red dot instead of a gold star. So I went back to some of those really early ones, and I'm like, this is easy. And then I went straight to the end when I was like, crap, the ranch dressing and the mustard and the ketchup and the fries and the butter pad on a plate. Oh, these are PC games. Yes. Um, that you just play with the mouse, basically. You don't use any keys, just the mouse. It's fun. Yeah, they're... Simple, I came off of zombies fun. into the burger thing, and I'm going to move on to something else. Probably Burger Island too, which is a different version. Of, you know, it's to, it's actually a lot different to that one you're playing, but still fun. You know, yeah. Get to make your own recipes, which is different. Oh to yeah, yeah. Uh, and the last thing I want to talk about is Big Brother UK, which I'm still enjoying. It's been really, I, I find it really fun. Every it's on every single night, right? So you yeah. can you can. Not unlike the American Big Brother where it's only on three times a week. This one's on 
every night, even Saturday and Sunday. So, so we watch, we you save it, and then we watch it with uh, we call it Big Brother Breakfast when we yeah, wake we eat up our with... breakfast and watch uh, <laughs> the last night's uh, proceedings. So you know, it's like the Big Brother Americans will be familiar with that's on CBS, but not like that at all. But not like that at all. No, it's no. a lot different. Yeah, um, you know, and stuff happens in it that you sometimes think, oh, that's a bit. You know, but then, other then another night something happens and you're like, well, that was really you know genuine thing about people. And another one, it's like oh, reality TV. And then another night, you're like, well, this is really awesome. And then you know, but it's always entertaining for me, even if the ep- the whole episode is them just sitting in the garden talking. Yeah, those There's are the best ones. Those yeah. are the best ones where they don't have just, to do anything. Yeah, because these are people in a house for 24 hours a day for three months. Yeah. So, even if they do go in there with some weird reality TV, I'm going to be this or that, I'm going to act this way or be dramatic, there's got to be times in 24 hours a day when you're just sitting there like, oh, this is like boring and yeah. I'm hungry and whatever. And that's those are the best episodes when they're just talking or have like a good conversation between them. So that, what does that say about us? We sit on our couch eating our breakfast, watching other people sitting on their couch eating their breakfast. And sometimes it kicks off and there's big arguments <laughs> yeah. and sometimes people walk out and there's, you know, it's so never a dull moment, I think. And even the dull moments are interesting. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah, that's Big Brother and it's the 10th season. 10th. Um so what have you got? I have what's for dinner. I'm making pasta with some sauce, uh, you know, homemade tomato sauce, which you didn't like the last time I made, so I made it a little bit different this time. We'll see how that goes. If you don't like it, I guess I'll make you uh, some other something else. And we're going to have some sunflower seed cookies, which we eat all the time. These little tiny natural organic cookies. Made in Missouri. But you said last night, I think it was, or the night before, that they'd be good with some chocolate. So I got some good chocolate chips. I'm going to melt them, dip in the cookies, and let them get, you know, so. You could even, you know, I was thinking, do you know when they sometimes half dip them in chocolate? That'd yeah, be yeah, cool that's what, yeah, like that's what I was thinking. A little bit. I forgot yeah. to get some parchment paper, but whatever. We'll lay them on a plate or something. Use newspaper. It'll stick to regular paper. Oh, well. I'll figure out something. Um... And then, uh, sadly, we did have a death in the family. I'm not sure if it was today or yesterday. She's a first cousin of mine on my father's side, who I didn't know well. I remember her from my childhood. She's about seven years older than me, seven, eight years older than me. Um, So she's not, she wasn't very old, 47, 48 years old. She had uh, cancer, and that's unfortunate. Didn't find out till late. I don't think I knew her at all. No, no. I, the last time I ever saw her was, I believe... When my grandmother passed away, and that was a long time. That was early 90s. So, you know, I didn't know her well, but then it sort of puts in early your face. 90s. Mm-hmm. Your grandmother passed away? Yeah, my on my father's side. <gasps> I was going to say, that was not Yeah, no, my other grandma passed away. I have no grandparents left, but that was the last time I saw this cousin. And um, so that's sad. And at a young... You know, when an, like her father, my uncle, passed away a couple of years ago. Now, he was in his 70s, I believe, early 70s, died of lung cancer... It sucks and everything, I know that, but when someone gets in that age range and they get sick, I fe- it feels more natural, and I don't know if that sounds right, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful to anyone, and I don't want my mother to die anytime soon, and she's 67, I'm just saying, when someone younger than 50, you know, yeah, yeah, it just seems un... See, for me, it's, it's really unnatural when it's like somebody who's 30. Yeah, yeah. When I hear that, I'm like, why? 
why did that happen then? Is if it was an accident, okay, like a car accident or something, but not okay, was, but yeah, if it's just natural causes and they're thirty or whatever, you're, it's like your you're body, like, and then you Whoa. think, is anything I'm really doing matter? Because if I'm gonna get sick, like I don't smoke or anything, but I've always been browned, so I'm, there's always the potential for me to have heart problem, cholesterol, whatever. I mean, you know, you know, whatever, whatever can cause you to have a heart attack when you're fifty and and keel over. So you just think, does it really matter? Because something's going to kill me, oh, yeah. regardless of what it is. A plane could hit our house. We've, it's been proven. I could have a heart attack next week, you know? I could have a brain aneurysm. And so I just think, stuff like that always makes me think. Like, just trying to be healthier and exercise or do m- things better for your body, does it, it matters, but does it, you know? It's kind of one of those days when I'm thinking about it. So, I have to go get a greasy cheeseburger. <laughs> no, I won't. I don't even want one, but that's my question. Like, why? what's the quest for being healthier if... Oh, that's a very cheery subject. <laughs> so we'll move on. Yeah, move on. The next one is... Oh, we've already talked about making friends as an adult. And I was just going to say, you know, from the movie. And I was going to say, in the last 10 years, I was trying to think, except for you. I've made, I think, maybe two new friends. I've made two I can think of. Yeah. Then, And it was, both of them, an instant thing. I have one who's a banker. Who I, when I originally went to go see about getting a loan for my house, um, she asked me to come to her office. It was actually after hours, so she was working late. And it was almost like an instant... Um, I, there was no doubt in my mind that this is someone that I would want to talk to again and know more about. Now, we, don't, we only see each other maybe physically a couple, three times a year. We go to lunch, email each other a little bit. That's it, and yet I feel like that's a true bond. And then there's another one I met on the site where I sell art stuff, and she lives here in town, and same thing. I just, she came over the other day, and we visited for, like, two hours, and it was just a... But other people you meet, and it feels forced, and like, "Mm, I don't really want to spend my time with this person. Um, Old friends that I used to know that now I revisit, and I think, I don't really... I'm not into that person anymore, or who they are, what they're about. So it's just a... When you're an adult, it... Some people will say, everybody they meet is their friend, and oh, I've got all these friends at work, and oh, I've got yeah. all these friends on my or cell all phone. these friends online. Yeah, all my friends online, and I just don't see it that way. I no. think it's, you're lucky if you find people. Most like, people are lucky to have a couple of real friends, I think. Yeah, and I don't All mean real them. like they're going to lend me money if I want it, or if they're going to be there to give me a ride to work. I mean, those are good things in a friend. You mean but you people can also who get, get you and you get them. Yes. That's what it is. Even if you're complete opposites. Mm-hmm. That sometimes is what draws me to people, and what draws people to me the most is like my personality. Yeah, I, I find my friend not people like me. No, they might like similar things to me, but they're generally not like me. And they get, I mean, you get something from each other. It's like a yeah. mutually exclusive, not mutually exclusive. What's the really um, mutually beneficial? And it's all about just me being satisfied with conversations and caring about the things they're talking about and listening to them and like wanting them to understand to know that somebody I may not agree with things that that they see in themselves I want to shake them and say to them no you are not this or that you're this and that you should be more confident you should feel better about yourself you know I may not agree with them so then I feed off of that and I want to kind of like get them to understand what they see about themselves. Isn't and then there are people like- who used to be friends like we've talked about recently when you were younger. But when you look at them now, or you, you tr- 
try to be friends with them now, it just doesn't work. Like, exactly. Things have happened and time has passed and you exactly. just don't fit together anymore. Right. I or mean, one friend that did. I'd seen recently who after like 25 years, it totally want to like visit with her more and have more lunches with her. Other people that I knew in college, I actually look and think, oh, was that ever a friendship? Or was I just, I don't know. It's a, it's a, one of those things. So that's an interesting thing to think about. And I had two more requests to draw original tattoos for people. So I'm working on them. One is tribal, but it's someone who wants um, his children's Gemini, Gemini? No. Zodiac. No, Zodiac symbols worked into a tribal that's going to go from his shoulder all the way down to his elbow. So that'll be fast. I was working on that last night. I, I absolutely, without... And I've learned this about myself, and I've only just totally... It's crystallized over the last week or so. Drawing turns me on. I'm not kidding you. I draw, and I am so... Oh, I just love it. I love the pen on the paper. I love the sound. <laughs> that sounds really weird, but it actually makes me, like... I don't know. I could totally get lost in it every... No matter what I'm drawing. It doesn't matter. A pencil or a pen. Painting I've never got that from because I'm so afraid of painting. Like, I'm gonna... I can't get it right. So I'm too stressed out when I'm, right. I paint anything. But drawing... I guess it's like video games for me. Yeah. When you're... All movies. Now, I'm not saying this to be weird. It's not like a fetish. I actually feel, like, semi-excited, like, and... Oh, I just love it. You know what I mean? You're talking about your vagina. <laughs> Pointing to one. Maybe not specifically. <laughs> Maybe not specific. You're like pointing at it. I'm going, what? Maybe that's a hint. Maybe that was an invitation and you're <laughs> missing the point. No. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. It's like, then I have to say, when people say to me, like, how much they love sports or how much they love whatever the thing is that they love, do they really love it that much? And if they do, I say, more power to you because I get it. I totally understand. If that's the thing that you get so lost in when you're watching a football game that you're just like fuck yeah you know like really really I get it but for me it's drawing a pen on a piece of paper even erasing stuff and making little pencil lines and then doing it again and again and oh I just love it all it's exciting and for me it's video games so does, whenever yeah. I get a new video game something maybe, I've been... maybe we should be saying this about each other but I'm saying for me it's drawing yeah. <laughs> and you of course you so on that note, on that bombshell, <laughs> yeah. uh, yes. thank you for listening. Um, I want to remind you about the websites, ascully.com. See how you write it with yours first, but I never read it that yeah, way. Yeah, I noticed. Ascully.com, because... Uh, this could be why I like drawing you like video games. So we've got ascully.com, sidtalk.com, twitter.com slash ascully, twitter.com slash sidtalk, if you want to read our weekly... I don't Twitter every day, but if I have something interesting to say, I'll say it. But I don't Twitter for the sake of it. I did post a new YouTube video of me drawing, so if you want to go to YouTube and look up Sid Talk. Yeah. And you could also find that on your Twitter. It'll be in your past links. And it's on my site. Um, Facebook.com slash Ascully, Facebook.com slash Sid Talk, Xbox Live, Ascully Live, um, Zoom Marketplace, you can get our podcast. Uh, the RSS feed on the page, which is new and improved. You can click yeah. on the word podcast and listen, to, just the, list- listen yeah. to them straight on the page. Probably the easiest way of listening to You know what to. I found really cool, though? I've subscribed to a lot of things uh, for my Google reader, so when I log into iGoogle, yeah, that's it's all cool there. Too. I actually read and listen to things straight from there. I yeah. think that I've found like four or five different people's sites and stuff, and uh, it works really... I'm I not, I'm not promoting few. Google. I'm saying if you have anything like that... It's good to have it all in one place because I see the updates every Anything day. Anything that accepts RSS, yeah, which is yeah. what this is. Um, 
so yeah you can do it that way or you can go to iTunes music store and I have noticed that it's working fine in iTunes now awesome so I don't know what the problem was but it seems to be working okay now um so yeah you can get all 81 podcasts we're on our way to that big magic 100 well, you, you said 104 is magic because that's two years but I think 100 should be a notable number it should to be honest it should because so, that's every week for a hundred weeks. So we should sing that podcast. The entire podcast. I think we should do it in black and white. <laughs> On mono. Yeah. I think this is in mono already. <laughs> I think it's just... Yeah, it is. I don't think this is stereo. We haven't got two mics. <laughs> no. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I, you know what? Talking of that two mic thing. There's a couple of podcasts I've been listening to recently that do this... One speaker, one person comes out of one speaker and the other person comes out of the other speaker. It drives me insane. Yeah, yeah. Imagine on your headphones, it'd be weird. Yeah, it's like, huh, why? It's like, and then I picture them in a room, like on the opposite end of each room, so, and I don't like it. So don't do that. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And uh, you can email feedback to aschoolie.com and don't email feedback to SidTalk. Because. Unless you want to leave comments on my website. Unless you want to say nice things If you want to read the, com- read the articles I write, which are recipes and life things and stuff I talk about on here and other things, you can leave comments on there. And if you want in that comment mention that you've listened to after the show, that'd be awesome. And this week I can actually say stay classy San Diego, right? Because Paul wrote. <laughs> and I'm going to say think for yourself, everybody, because if you don't do it, if you do not think for yourself, someone will come along and do it for you.